The book of Esther. It's a parable, but it's a true story, and history records the truth of it. The people in here existed, but in a parable, a parable is made to be like a mirror. You look in a mirror and you see your face. You look in a parable and you should see what you're like. But there's other things in this book that make it very special. It shows how God works when we aren't looking, so to speak. He's undercover working on our behalf, getting things prepared for what he wants us to do and who he wants us to become. And so before we get back into this beauty pageant for the king to pick a queen, let's have a little history lesson. King Nebuchadnezzar was the king of the Babylonian Empire. This was the first empire to rule the known world. And Nebuchadnezzar went to Jerusalem. He sacked the city. He tore down the walls. And he took the Jewish population back to Babylon and made them slaves. That's how Esther and Mordecai ended up in Shushan because the Medes and the Persians conquered the Babylonians. And Darius and Cyrus were, were the ancestry of Ahasuerus. So it was the Babylonian Empire that was a worldwide empire conquered by the Medes and the Persians. And we find our, our story of Esther during the time that the Medes and the Persians controlled the known world. In the book of Nehemiah, this very king, Ahasuerus, was the king. And Nehemiah heard that the walls in Jerusalem were torn down and the people were suffering. And he went to the king, and that's Ahasuerus, the one we're talking about. And he asked, and he looked very sad. And the king said, I've never seen you so sad. What's wrong with you? And he said, I just heard that my people are suffering, and the walls are down, and because of that, the city cannot be rebuilt. Would you grant me permission to go back to my homeland, which was Jerusalem, and let me rebuild the walls. Ahasuerus said to him, how long will you be gone? And I don't know what Nehemiah didn't really know how long he was gonna be gone. But he asked the king to give him papers as he traveled from Shushan, the capital in Persia, which is Iraq and Iran today, to Jerusalem so no one would harm him. King Ahasuerus granted that petition. Now, you know that over in the book of Genesis, God promises to bless those who bless Israel and to curse those who curse Israel. And so we find that as we, as we start the book of Esther and we see the, the lavish banquet that lasted for 180 days, then another one of seven days, we know that the land was peaceful. There were no outside threats. It was prosperous. They were, they were lavishing in luxury. 
And I really believe that's part of God's blessing on Ahasuerus because he was kind to Nehemiah. Nehemiah is the book just before Esther, and it's all about him going back and rebuilding the walls so that then the city could be rebuilt. And so we find the land of the Medes and the Persians peaceful. No threat of outside invasion. But the king, due to his ego and his pride, is without a queen. And the king represents the soul of man. And the queen represents the spirit of man. And the body of man is represented by the 127 provinces. I'm going to be repeating this because it's not easy to remember. The soul, the decisions made by the soul affect the whole body. Remember the soul is the mind, the will, and the emotion. And when you make decisions with your will based on your emotions, you can get in big trouble. But if you learn truth and make your decisions based on what you know to be true, then usually you are very successful. If you make a bad choice, your emotions will reveal to you that you have chosen wrong. And so Ahasuerus' decisions that he made affected 127 provinces that's the picture of the body of man, and his spirit was dead. Death means separated from. And at this point in the history, Ahasuerus was separated from the queen, and he needed a new queen. He was extremely restless. And that's the way we are without the Spirit of God indwelling our spirit. Nothing satisfies us. Nothing. Everything's all about me, what I want, what meets my needs, what satisfies me. I heard a wonderful message on selfies that people take with their cell phone. And he was saying that the selfie represents the culture in which we live in because everybody is taking pictures of themselves. And they put it on Facebook or they put it on other social media sites so that everybody can see how they look and what they're doing. And that's the way we are without the Spirit of God indwelling the Spirit of man to satisfy the needs that man has. And so now we come to the beauty pageant. And we see that uh, the king's servants... Uh, that ministered unto him, said, Let there be fair young virgins sought for the king. This is chapter 2. And let the king appoint officers in all the provinces of his kingdom that they will gather together all the fair young virgins unto Shushan the palace, to the house of the women, unto the custody of Hegei, the king's chamberlain keeper of the women, and let their things for purification be given to them. In those days, when a woman was going to go before a king or a man in marriage, she spent months, days, 
soaking in lavish oils and perfumes and getting her body ready to be accepted by her future husband. And that's what it meant, let their things for purification be given. That was a way to purify yourself. And let the maiden, which pleases the king, be queen instead of Ashtar. And this pleased the king, and he did so. I guess it did please the king. What men wouldn't like for every prince in 127 provinces to pick the fairest, most beautiful, most perfect maiden in their province and bring them to the court so that they could spend the weeks and the days and the hours in purification ceremonies. Now, in Shushan, the palace, there was a certain Jew whose name was Mordecai. He was the son of Jair, the son of Simei, the son of Kish, a Benjamite. Benjaminite. Benjamin was the youngest son of Jacob. And here was a Jew who had been captured by Nebuchadnezzar and brought to uh, the Medes and the Persians and captured there. He had been carried away from Jerusalem with the captivity, which had been carried away with Jeconiah, king of Judah, whom Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, had carried away. Jeconiah was the king of Judah when Nebuchadnezzar captured him. And he brought up his, his um, Dasa, that is Esther, Hadassah, I'm sorry, that is Esther, his uncle's daughter. For she had neither father nor mother, and the maid was fair and beautiful. And Mordecai, when her father and mother were dead, took for his own daughter. So Esther had been adopted by her cousin, and he brought her with him when Nebuchadnezzar captured the city of Jerusalem. So it came to pass when the king's commandment and the decree was heard, and when many maidens were gathered together unto Shushan the palace, to the custody of Haggai, that Esther was brought also unto the king's house to the custody of Haggai, keeper of the women. And the maiden pleased him, and she obtained kindness of him, and he speedily gave her things for purification, with such things as belonged to her and seven maidens, which would need to be given her out of the king's house. He preferred her and her maidens unto the best place of the house of the women. So here, the man responsible for these women showed favor immediately to Esther. And he gave her seven women to help in the process of purification. And here again, we see God working beneath the, the surface. He knows who he wants to be the queen, and it is Esther. And he caused her to find favor with this man. And this man gave her the very best place where the women stayed and seven maidens to help her. Now, Esther had not showed her people nor her kindred, for Mordecai had charged her that she should not share it. 
Esther had not told the people that she was Jewish. Mordecai said, possibly, you be quiet, because you may be harmed if they know you're Jewish. So Mordecai walked every day before the court of the women's house to know how Esther did and what should become of her. Isn't that a beautiful picture? Her adoptive father, who is going to represent the Holy Spirit in our story as we go along, kept his eye on his adopted daughter. Just as God is keeping his eye on us, and those of us that are Gentiles have been adopted into the family of God, and he watches over us. I just love it that Mordecai kept walking by to make sure that everything was fine. Now, when every maid's turn was come to go into King Ahasuerus, after that she had been 12 months, according to the manner of the women, so were the days of their purification accomplished, to wit six months with oil of myrrh and six months with sweet odors, and with other things for the purifying of the women. And then thus came every maiden unto the king. What she ever desired was given her to go with her out of the house of the women unto the king's house. And in the evening she went, and on the morrow she returned into the second house of the women. So she spent the night there to the custody of somebody I can't pronounce, the king's chamberlain, which kept the concubines, she came in unto the king no more, except the king delighted in her, and that she were called by name. So we'll end our story here. These, these ladies spent 12 months preparing themselves to go in and spend the night with the king. And once they spent the night, they went back to where they were, kept, they were staying, and they were never to go near the king again until he called them by name. He's searching and searching and searching. And we will see in our next episode, he picks the right one. But he picks the one that God had prepared for him to come and occupy as his queen. And this represents the Holy Spirit because Mordecai will be in charge of the king through the queen, Esther. Thank you for listening and God bless you.